Welcome to Saturday Story Circle from the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 14 Well, if the case is closed, what are we doing here? Timothy asked as he pushed his way through the racks of spring jackets at sell-off prices. They were in yet another thrift store, this one in the St. James Center, which the grandmotherly woman had given a checkmark on Timothy's route maps, which had been carefully planned and quickly abandoned. The store was bright and clean and nice, but the two investigators didn't seem to have a reason for being there, as far as Timothy could see. I told you, Abigail said, we're looking for a red jacket that's too small for my brother. Okay, Timothy said, nodding. You're describing about ten percent of the things in this store? Don't exaggerate, Abigail said. I'll know it when I see it. All right, Timothy said, not wanting to point out that he would not know it when he saw it, which made him fairly useless at this activity. He pulled a jacket on a hanger off a rack and held it up. Is it this? he asked. No, Abigail said. That's too long. What about this? he asked, pulling out another. That's brown, Abigail said, frowning. Well, Timothy said, it's a kind of red. No, Abigail said, it's brown. It's sort of reddish brown, Timothy offered weakly. Timothy, Abigail asked, exactly how colorblind are you? Timothy shrugged and put the jacket back on the rack. Somewhere between slightly and very, I guess, he said. It's never come up before. I'll try to keep that in mind, Abigail said, shaking her head. Explain something to me, Timothy said. I will if I can, Abigail replied, shifting through the jackets on another rack. Why is this jacket so important to your brother if he can't even wear it anymore? Abigail sighed. I don't know, she said in frustration. I've been all turned around on this entire case. I assumed that he wanted his comics back because he suffers from the delusion that they're valuable. But when he got them back, he hardly cared at all. Timothy nodded. But he did ask you to find them and get them back. And you did. Abigail shrugged. I guess, she said. And he asked you to find his action figures, too, Timothy said. It isn't your fault that he let them go. It's my fault for guessing wrong about what he cared about, Abigail said. I'm supposed to be a detective? A detective, not a mind reader, Timothy protested. The client gave you a list of things he wanted back, and you've been tracking them down and checking them off. Abigail smiled a little, even though she was trying not to. You helped a little, she said grudgingly. Timothy nodded. I'm helpful like that, he said. Apparently I'm good at helping to find things, as long as they aren't red jackets. He pulled another off a rack and held it up. What about this? That's a lady's coat, Abigail said, slightly baffled that he could not tell. The rack says men's, Timothy protested. Then it's on the wrong rack. Abigail said sarcastically, but maybe you should go ahead and get it. It'd look really pretty on you. 
Timothy blushed and returned the jacket to the wrong rack he had found it on. So, because you made two guesses at what your brother really cared about and got them wrong, Timothy said, as if he was still trying to sort things out, which he was. Now you've picked the thing on the list that makes no sense at all to look for? Well, when you say it out loud, it sounds pretty dumb, Abigail admitted. Abigail, I don't think we're going to find this coat, he said. I know it, she admitted. I just wanted to get this one right, you know? This job? Timothy asked, and Abigail nodded. Abigail, you've been working off the client's list and his instructions. The only thing he told you to do that you haven't done is give up. I tried to think of him as just a client, Abigail said quietly, but he's my brother. And you want him to be happy, he said. No, she admitted. I don't really care about that. And maybe that means I'm a bad sister, but I mean, come on. Everybody we've met on this case seems to have had the same thing happen to them when they were Jeremy's age, and they all survived. So... Timothy wrinkled up his forehead in puzzlement. What are we doing here exactly? I wanted him to notice me, Abigail said in a small voice. I wanted him to see that I was different than I used to be, and I'm only going to get more different every time he goes away. I wanted him to see that I could do things that he couldn't do and that he didn't do before me. Timothy looked confused again. I don't think I understand, he said. But I just have fish, remember? Abigail punched Timothy in the arm, but she didn't do it very hard. He doesn't live here anymore, she said. Not really. So does that mean he treats me like a little kid forever? I just wanted to do something to make him see Abigail, not Abby. They stood quietly for a moment. Timothy wasn't sure what to say. There's still some other stuff on the list, he said. Do you want to walk through the toys? What stuff? Abigail said, frowning. I'm not sure, really, Timothy admitted. I mean, Mr. Fluffers sounds like a toy, but I've never heard of it. Oh, that's nothing, Abigail said. That's just an old stuffed rabbit. It's on the list, Timothy said. And so are Boo, Jimmy Joe, Patty, Mix-Up, and the list goes on like this. Abigail shook her head. Those are all just old stuffed toys. Bears, dogs, strange, misshapen creatures, the usual kids' stuff. They're on the list, Timothy said, holding up the list for her to see. I know what's on the list, Timothy, Abigail said impatiently. And he uses their names, Timothy said, like they were people. He doesn't just say blue stuffed rabbit, he says Mr. Fluffers. Mr. Fluffers is actually yellow, Abigail said. Kind of disgusting. Like, he used to get dragged around everywhere, which he did. I lived in the house with him my entire life. I know who they are. See? Timothy said. Even you're doing it. Doing what? Abigail said, beginning to get annoyed. Saying them and who like they were people, Timothy said. This is ridiculous, Abigail said, shaking her head. They're the last thing on the list. 
He put his comic books ahead of them, his action figures, even the dumb red jacket. They're the last thing on the list, like they don't even matter. She stopped talking and stared at Timothy in amazement. Or like they were the only thing that mattered at all, and he was too embarrassed to admit he wanted them back, she said, as if it was all so obvious now, which it kind of was. Timothy just shrugged, but he grinned when he did it. Oh, for Pete's sake, Abigail said in protest. Is it possible, I mean, is it actually possible that my big brother, who has been too cool for me my entire life, and who was this big, sophisticated jerk with a good job and a good school and all of that other junk, is it actually possible that he just wants his bunny one back? Okay, Timothy said, but maybe don't phrase it like that. No. Abigail said, I am going to tease him about this every day for the rest of my life, and he will have to take it, because it's the only way he's ever going to see Jimmy Joe's flannel face again. We have to find them first, Timothy said in a warning tone. This way, Abigail said, pulling him by the arm through the aisles until they came to the toy section. The grandmother lady had been right. There were more toys here than some of the other stores, but just like the smart cell, most of them seemed to be aimed at babies, and all of them looked fairly new. They managed to flag down an employee who listened to them repeat the sad story of Jeremy's lost junk for the umpteenth time, both of them speaking very quickly and often at the same time. Oh, that's too bad, the man said. Oh, I remember when my mom got rid of... Okay, yes, Abigail said. But do you actually have any old stuffed toys, like in the back or something? The man didn't know, but he asked a lady with a clipboard, who seemed puzzled by the question until they had repeated the entire story for her one more time. Then she smiled. You want Rhonda's store, she said. Timothy and Abigail looked blank. Who's Rhonda? they asked in unison. Rhonda McMillan is the toy manager at the Savemore Thrift Store over on Rampart, the lady with the clipboard smiled. Most stores won't take older stuffed animals. They're hard to clean or they won't sell. They need a little TLC. Rhonda has a soft spot for them. She cleans them and mends them and makes them look like new. Or newer, anyway. That store takes most of the stuffies that come through consolidated charities and sells all of them for a song. If your brother's rabbit is anywhere, it's there. Abigail looked at Timothy. I've already been paid for the day, she said, but this feels like the longest shot ever. Timothy shrugged and smiled. If nothing else, it's a nice bike ride. Kids, this is Stinky the Elf coming to you from the North Pole. You know Santa Claus's workshop, right? Well, I've been asked to convey a special message to you that my boss, Santa Claus, that's right, the jolly old fat guy in the red suit, wants to hear from all the little boys and girls out there. 
Here's an opportunity to tell him your Christmas list and any other special holiday message you got. And on Fridays, starting the day after Thanksgiving, my boss will read your message out loud on a new podcast called Santa's Inbox, exclusively on the Mutual Network. He'll mention your first name only, plus the town you're from, and then read your email out loud so everybody can hear it. Ain't that exciting? Yeah, Sandy told me that he used to read letters from kids on the radio back in the day, but I told him, I'm only 300 years old. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> okay, what else? Oh, yeah, this offer is open to anybody. Kids, grown-ups, the young at heart, anybody who wants to send a special message or a dedication to anybody else. So anyways, start sending Santa Claus your emails now to santas.xmas.inbox at gmail.com. That's S-A-N-T-A-S dot X-M-A-S dot I-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. Kids, please ask your folks to send your email for you.